Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 922 of the Juicebox podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is the fourth episode of the Diabetes Myth Series. Today, Jenny Smith and I are going to tackle the myth that your diabetes might just magically get better or disappear. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Now, if you want incredibly comfortable joggers, shirts, sheets, towels, scrunchies, go to CozyEarth.com and use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout to save 35%. If you'd like to save 10% on your first month, of therapy at betterhelp.com. Just use the link betterhelp.com forward slash juice box. And if you want to get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order of AG1 from Athletic Greens, use my link athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. If you're looking for great community around type one, type two, or any kind of diabetes, you're looking for the private Facebook group juice box podcast type one diabetes on Facebook. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the Dexcom G7 and Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitoring Systems. Both are astonishingly accurate and fantastic to use. My daughter is currently wearing the G7, but she wore the G6 for years with great success. You could too. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. If you have diabetes, you're not going to do better than wearing a Dexcom CGM. There are links in the show notes of your podcast player, links at juiceboxpodcast.com, links everywhere to Dexcom, Omnipod, all the sponsors. Please click on my links. It really does help the show. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Hey, Jenny, welcome back. Uh, We are going to do another diabetes myth series. Today's topic is that your diabetes will just, of course, disappear, stabilize, or in fact, just get better. Mm. <laughs> Ready? When, when's that supposed to happen? Oh, it's coming. Don't worry. If I had a dollar for every time someone has told me that my four-year-old daughter, diagnosed at two, will grow out of being diabetic, I would, in fact, be rich. That's got to be the juvenile diabetes holdover, right? I would expect so because, actually, my my mom was told the same thing. She and my dad, I heard them having a conversation I don't know. It must have been within the year after I was diagnosed. I had the, I heard them having a conversation that a my mom was a teacher, and one of the teachers in her school said in discussion, "Well, you know, at least she'll grow out of it." Yeah. And my mom was like so upset and talked to my dad. She's like, "These people just don't get it." She was just like completely overwhelmed with the fact that people are that dumb, mm. right? And I at when I was diagnosed it was definitely still called juvenile diabetes, right? I mean it was type 1 too, but I think that is a holdover absolutely. Yeah. I mean and now look your story's 35 years old. And this yeah. is from somebody whose kids had diabetes for 2 years. I think to to me the the real kind of desire I have for the myth series is for you to maybe people to realize that this has got a lot less to do with diabetes and just a lot more to do with, you know, misinformation and 
Correct. You know. Misinformation that is, as you just said, it's ages old. Yeah. And why is it with all the new information and all the new technology and everything we have, why is it still so misunderstood? Yeah. Why are we still looking at diabetes management like it was in the 1970s or the 1980s even? Yeah, because it's very um, human to jump to conclusions. That's why. Um, I had a person ask when my son's type one was going to be over. <laughs> oh no. Like, like the flu, right? The, oh, right. Like I've got a cold now. Yeah. When's I'm waiting gonna, for it to be over. When's he going to kick this? <laughs> Have you tried matzo ball soup? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> well, it's same thing, right? My type one did not magically disappear when I grew up. This is an adult said, uh oh, somebody told me it was going to, and it didn't. Um, I, that's the part I find, uh, con concerning, like you, you, you had to hear your parents have a conversation where yes. your mom was like, there are people who think that Jennifer's diabetes is going to go away. And you probably heard that as a little kid and you were like, God damn right. It's going to go away. Like, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, let's go. And then the conversation keeps going and your mom's like, it's not going to. And now you're like, oh, like picked up right. and dropped and picked up and dropped. Um, that sucks. Yeah, uh, I was told my diabetes would get better. Our son would just grow out of it. Uh, the quote is, you'll soon get sick of doing this whole insulin thing. Wait, what? what? In a few months. Oh, wow. Let me start at the beginning and read it straight through. This is a quote. You'll soon get sick of doing the whole insulin thing in a few months and you won't even bother with it anymore. Where's that? What? So that... So let's dig into the psyche of the person that said that. So it, and it, is this, this is as if I got it. The person was told this, or this is as if no, they were told this, this by an acquaintance. By an acquaintance, yeah. So I got this one though. I got this one. You can eat in a way with type two diabetes, where your blood sugars will be higher and it will hurt your long term health, but it's not going to hurt you today. But meaning you're not going to fall over and die. So sure, you could diet and exercise, but uh, just don't. You'll get tired of doing that, and then your life will be what it'll be. Sort of that, um, that very accepting. Oh, he's got the sugars feeling. Like there's nothing. This is can, just the way that it is. Yes, the way it is. You can't do anything about it. So then that gets translated to a person with type one, and they think that the effort, meaning instead of diet and exercise, the effort is insulin but if you don't you don't need to put in that effort i mean what are you trying to live forever i think that's what i'm hearing that's what i think i hear there uh, that's a shitty thing to say to somebody Hold absolutely on. yeah uh, either that or the person was just like you're just gonna get fed up with taking insulin and just stop taking it and that then it'll just be what it is i mean that can be taken a lot of different ways oh yeah if i wasn't trying to be charitable towards what i think they were thinking then you could easily take that and probably would in fact if you were just blindsided by it as you'll probably just give up and die or let them right die. Just talking about their kid yeah right yeah i don't know where you're gonna go with that one. i mean again I, please think before you say something to somebody <laughs> I can't reiterate. I like I can't say that enough. Just please think. What if Jenny and I don't want to be I, I don't want to be a like I wish people without diabetes were listening to this. Like I wish we could just 
blast this out like right in the middle of a city and be like, listen, just here, if, if you don't know anything about diabetes, please just zip your lips. Well, I think just think is is it because I, what I was going to say is I don't want to be critical, but what if this is them thinking? You know, it's a different rabbit hole I don't want to go down, but everybody you bump into is not, you know, Einstein's protege. So maybe they True. just don't understand. Uh, again, with the juvenile diabetes thing, this is a great time to talk about how a lovely thing that was done, I think, in the 70s ended up having such an unintended impact on things just by calling it the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. You let people who didn't understand believe that you turn 18 and this goes away. And probably bolstered by um, people's understanding of like gestational diabetes too. Could be. It yeah. could also be that up until a certain point, and I don't know how many years ago, I would say that it has possibly gotten better. But, you know, in the 60s, 70s, maybe even the 80s, it was looked at as juvenile because that was the the time period of life that you could get type one, mm -hmm. right? And after you reached adulthood, you could no longer get type one. You may still have diabetes as a person diagnosed as a child, and now you're an adult with juvenile diabetes because that's when it was diagnosed. But I think people were misdiagnosed even eons ago as an adult with type 2, and they really had type 1 diabetes. Yeah. And so at some point, you know, the JDRF, I mean, it's still called the juvenile's diabetes, right? But it is type 1 diabetes. Mm -hmm. yeah. There isn't a foundation like that that I know is called type 2. Yeah. Also, they try pretty hard not to use the word juvenile anymore, too. You, you really it's just the JDRF yeah, it's, now. It's there yeah. for, I think it's there for historical purposes. But, you know, it's funny, like these next couple, you'll grow out of it. It'll, and then, th then this word starts popping up. Don't worry. It just hasn't stabilized yet. That's another one. Like, like this person said, my, I uh, was in the hospital, was told that when I got out of the hospital, they were in the hospital with DKA with a, a, a lot of diagnosis. And they were like flat out told when it gets leveled out. It's fine. Don't worry. It just has to stabilize. I don't even, I don't even know. Like, and it, that's, it's a prevalent that a, thought. It, it is because that's a, that's a statement as if there is nothing the person has to do themselves in order for that stabilization to happen. Right. You're just diagnosed. This person sounds like was with Lada. Right. Mm. And then they go home thinking, well, I'm, I just, I have to wait for this magical like hour, yeah. right? This magical hour when the insulin that they told me to take, it's just going to start working the right way. It's almost like the magic wand idea, right? Mm -hmm. Like at some point, this is just going to work all the way that it's supposed to work. I'm going to count my carbs. I'm going to take my insulin the way they told me to take it. I'm going to check my blood sugar and it's just going to even out. And those of us with diabetes know that that's not, I mean, there's a lot of work that we have to do to get to that stabilization point. Yeah. And even once you get there, at some point, you're going to have to rethink to get to another stable point. Well, consider this. 
we're mostly talking about this from the perspective of somebody who has type one and is, is, you know, impacted by these statements. But, but there are people who believe that who end up getting type one. And that's a a completely different problem. And I have spoken to those people throughout my time where they're just like, Oh, you know, it's okay. It's not that bad. I don't have to, you know, I I test like a couple of times a day, but they, you can hear them. They're not apathetic. They really don't understand. Right. Yeah. And they have it where their, where their kid has it. There's a person the other day that came into the Facebook group whose kid, the the kids, like they had a kid with type one and the, and the graph was just all over the place. But what struck me was the person said, I'm an adult who has type one diabetes and I don't know what's happening. And I thought, I don't understand. Like, how do you not, I don't understand. Like, like you, but there it was like, and it it just, it gets you to the idea that even the success they're having, they don't even know why they're having it. Like they couldn't make like simple. Meaning it's not translatable into helping the child because they don't know how the success they're having is actually being achieved. They really don't understand it. Yeah. It's just, it's working for them. So they don't think about it. Then somebody else comes along who obviously has different impacts and different variables affecting them smaller body size and, and is a different state of life. Yeah. Right. Well, that's, that, that's this here, you know, this person that says, um, uh, multiple occasions, I've been told that my daughter will outgrow the condition, a family friend and an educator tried to explain to me that as she gets older, her body will just start to level out and it won't be so crazy. So, you know, I, yeah. And to some degree, I think that the childhood years and the teen years and even college years probably where there's still a lot of change and growing and development and whatnot, I think that they are, they're the least stable potential times for most people because they're the growing years. Sure. That That's the case. Yeah. But as you grow into being an adult, there are, I think, many more variables. Mm-hmm. And that could lead to a loss of stability too. Yeah. No, I mean, in this, and, but you take it from the, the mother's perspective. She's sitting there thinking, I'm waiting for puberty because I think this is going to mess everything up. And you're telling me, right. don't worry if they get old. Now, listen, I would tell you, if you asked me about a very little kid, I would say, well, listen, as their body gets bigger, it gets a little easier to measure insulin. Yes. But that's got nothing to do with their their age or things like magically, like, I don't, do people not understand science at all? Like, like, like the, (laughs) it'll stabilize. It's going to balance. Like, what does that mean? It's going to balance. Yeah. We're, I think we're thinking about it too, from a perspective of long-term understanding, Mm -hmm. right? We, we just know enough to be able to say that statement is just so incorrect. Like balance really like uh, <laughs> I've had several friends ask me if it will settle down. Don't worry, it should clear up after puberty, somebody else was told. How's his diabetes? Have the numbers leveled out yet? Oh, is her diabetes under control? It's just like these these go on and on and on. Oh, you should by the way, then the judgment comes. You should have had this under control by now. Right. Or yeah. what also comes in with this is people have heard or seen technology, right? don't you have this under control now? You got those fancy devices. Yeah. 
You put sure the, do. Yeah, I put the machine on and it all got fixed right up. Don't you worry. Right. <laughs> I just pushed the button and that was it. I saw a, a It's woman, all better. A woman today is like um, in the group. She's like, I don't understand. I'm on my fifth Omnipod 5 and look how bad my blood sugars are. But she's not doing any of the things that you need to do. She just thought the magic machine was going to take care of all was of it. Gonna and that's yeah. unfortunately, yeah. I think, what a lot of people with or without diabetes who haven't had enough enough information given to them about what the product that they're getting will and will not do. And the fact that there is still interaction, mm. you still have to know what you're telling it because this device is not a learning device. None of them are. Yeah. Well, that's just, well, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of misconceptions on both sides. Uh, this one here, I just, is lovely. The, this person says, um, I've just learned, I've just learned, she said, to say, when somebody says, how's she doing? Has has she gotten her diabetes under control yet? She says, I respond. Yep. Thank you so much for asking. Yeah. That's it. She's like, I don't, like, what does it matter? It, it, is, is, I think, that it's still like infuriating. And I mean, some of the terminology again, like settled down, <laughs> you imagine. Right. Right. <laughs> and I think to some degree too, you have to look at the person who's asking. They wouldn't be asking if there wasn't some sense of care no, coming think, from their side. Right. They yeah. really do want to know. They're just asking it in an absurd way. <laughs> mm -hmm. right? They're just like not understanding. Yeah. And, and, you know, this person's response here, it, it gives you a lot of context for being on the other side of it. Like, she's like, I am making mental calculations forever. Like, sure, I've got my kid's A1C, like, amazing. Like, this, and this lady really does. This, she's saying the kid's A1C is 4.9. She's got less than 2% lows. But that's a person who's putting a massive amount of effort into it, right? And and then just to have someone come along and say, like, has it stabilized? You'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 sure, it's stabilized. I sleep four hours a night. Thanks for asking. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, let's see. Um, not how it works, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I hate this question. Does she have her diabetes under control? Yeah, it's just, it's tough. Because you know what? It's funny. Jenny, ask me if my daughter's diabetes is under control. You can make better decisions in the moment with the most accurate CGM on the market, the Dexcom G7. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. My daughter just moved to the G7 from the G6 and she already loves the new smaller size and ease of use. You can learn more and get started today at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Due to recent Medicare changes, millions more people are now covered for the Dexcom CGM. The G7 is the smallest, most accurate CGM system covered by Medicare, and it is easy to use and to get started with. No other CGM system is more affordable than the Dexcom G7 for Medicare patients. The G7 is a simple-to-use system. It delivers real-time glucose numbers to your smartphone or your smartwatch with no finger sticks required. Effortlessly see your glucose levels and where they're headed so you can make smarter decisions about food and activity in the moment. This amazing tool is going to help you to take better control of your diabetes. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Whether you're looking for a brand new system, changing from another company, 
or looking to upgrade that G6. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. The new G7 comes with a refreshed app that is just a delight to use. My daughter is 19 years old. She's been using a Dexcom for well over a decade. It is at the core of how we make decisions about insulin, food, activity, and all of the variables that impact diabetes. Check it out at Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. There are links in the show notes of your podcast player and links at juiceboxpodcast.com to Dexcom and all the sponsors. When you click the links, you're supporting the podcast. Scott, is your daughter's diabetes under control? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Right. How, how about yours? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it also matters where you are. It isn't to say that Arden doesn't have a high blood sugar sometimes or a low blood sugar sometimes or have days where she's like, my period's coming and I can't, I can't see yes. the blah, blah, blah and all that other stuff. But overall, Arden's okay. She is stable and right. yeah, uh, under yeah. control. Like, but then you, you know, people, listen, I know, you know, people who the words under control or management, those words piss them off to no end, you know? Yeah, it, and it and it's because of the other things that these people are sharing that it's hard, and you're not seeing all the work that goes into making it under control, you know, quote unquote. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, if you really ask me to be specific with words, I would not use the words Arden's diabetes is under control. I would no probably... c- control. Control means you have the ultimate manage. You you have the ultimate reins. Yes. Right. It it is entirely, absolutely contained. There is no further issue. I also don't love the word control at all in terms of diabetes right. discussion. It's it's a management strategy. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the real there's answer, not control. The real answer to is Arden's blood sugar under control. The real answer is 15 minutes long. You know what I mean? It's a it's a very complex answer that ends with so most of the time things are very manageable manageable. Yeah. Yes. And 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 manageable is not a word. Like if I said to you, Jenny, how's your life going? And you said, it's manageable. (laughs) That's not an exciting statement. (laughs) No. No. That's not I was at the um uh what's that uh ball in um where they all dress up. The Met Gala, you know, it's not, it's not, I was just at the Met Gala. It's, uh, it's manageable is not, is not an exciting way to describe your life. You know what I mean? And no, it almost has a hint of, it could be a lot better. I'm just making it or I'm just getting through, right? Right. It's manageable. (laughs) Like there's a, we haven't closed the garage door and listened to music yet. So, Yeah, we're trying. Um, oh God. Hey, when your kid's teacher tells you, don't worry, they're going to grow out of it. That's fun. Um, my 19 month old went into DKA after dental surgery. The secretary, the secretary called us while he was in the PICU to see how he was doing and said, don't worry, at least he'll grow out of it. Oh yeah. 19 month old kid in the PICU. You're probably thinking, oh, my baby's going to die. And, yeah. and 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 you, you got to hear from the from the from the, my God from the receptionist at the dental office who was probably told 
Please call. Call those people. Check on them. Make sure they know we care. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and no, I, I wonder if you go back oh. there for your dental work after that. Jenny, do you? No? Jenny says, no, she ain't going back. <laughs> oh, this is interesting. Uh, they're, and we talked about this in the previous episode. This person was told, well, if you have a normal A1C, you're cured. Oh, my goodness. You're going. All cured. Oh. It's over. <laughs> Wow. Then I would I would expect that a fair number of your listeners are completely cured. I'm completely cured. Oh, a lot of people. Cured. Yeah, yeah, it's all we're, all we're all cured. Jesus. It's all good. It means I can stop paying for products. I can stop mm-hmm. going to the pharmacy. Yay. The next statement is from a person who was told, well, if your A1C is under control, that means you're in remission. Oh. Mm-hmm. Where are these here? I don't understand. Hopefully, these are not medical practitioners telling these but, things. But Jennifer, to just keep in mind that these responses just came from me making a Facebook post that said, "Can you tell me some of the myths, misnomers, half truths that you've heard about diabetes?" And on, I didn't break it down by topics. No, I didn't say tell me this topic and this topic and this topic. The topics that we'll talk about are an indication of what people mostly hear. Post it, yeah. Right. And in also, this post wasn't up for a month and a half. Like I had somebody mine these answers after about eighteen hours. Like, like I was like, "That's enough. Grab them. We can definitely use those in the episode." Yes. Yeah. It didn't. And take- there were what was it, fifty-two pages yeah. of myth comments, right. right? Yeah. And and this is Isabel paring it down or ripping out. Like, like she told me, like I took out all the duplicate answers right. because that's the other right. thing is that she's like, you can start reading. One person's answer and another person's answer. And she's like, they're just exactly the same. You know, these people have had the exact same experience with, in most cases, a loved one or a close personal friend or something like that. Yes. Yeah. I'd be curious. And I know that it wasn't, you can't filter it that way, but I would be really curious how many people in the past, let's call it two years. Mm -hmm. Versus how many people who have had diabetes for a lengthy period of time, 10 plus years, right? What's the difference in the myths that people have heard more recently versus those that they're pulling from memory, like my memory of my parents talking about that is eons ago, right? Versus how many people these are, these are still circulating types of well, the pump, the pump one's got to be more like, hey, you, you've got the machine, right? Like that that has to be. Has to be more recent. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish that, like, I don't have diabetes. But telling me, hey, you have a CGM, so it must be so much easier. You have a pump, so it must be so much easier. Is like saying, I don't know, like I'm, I don't know, like I'm being beaten by a gang in the street, but they played music in the background while it was happening. You're like, so wasn't it better that they were playing Marvin Gaye while they were kicking your ass? Like, I mean, I I guess so. Like, <laughs> like but not. I guess my ears were pleased, yeah, but, you know. I mean, I, I take your point. It was better than them not playing Marvin Gaye and kicking my ass in the middle of the street. But I don't know why that is a thing you would say to somebody. But that part still, like, I'm, I don't think I'm going to get through this series and understand that part. And I tried. I don't know either. I talked to, I talked to Erica. She talked to me like a really mentally stable, healthy person. And I was still like, I don't know, f- those people. <laughs> so <laughs> it just, it's, I don't know, it's hard to take. This is the last one, Jenny. Okay. Um, 
She's not surprised, she says, but she thinks it's silly and frustrating to have to correct. After being diagnosed as an adult, I was explaining to an old school friend, and she could not, for the life of her, understand that taking insulin wouldn't just cure me. She kept asking when I'd be able to stop and when the insulin would make me better, and it took me ages for, uh, to get her to understand. So that's that one I think is simple, though. Like, I think most people who haven't had a real, like a serious illness, right, uh, or something that's... Um, habitual in their life. Everything else that they get, you take the medicine and the medicine ends. And it's all better. And you feel better. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. That that I yeah. almost that one I almost just understand. Like like the I first do. time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, although I think a simple what I think a simple explanation should have been is that, well, imagine if I took your pancreas out of your body or your I shouldn't say pancreas, I should say beta cells, right? What if I took your beta cells out of your body? Now your body no longer has the cells to make the insulin. Right. So what are you going to do about it? Well, I don't know. Right? You're going to take insulin, which means that my body, which now has destroyed beta cells, I have to keep taking insulin because I keep eating. Right? I mean, doesn't that just (laughs) make sense to me, I guess? Do you think they just need a... um a more shocking example. Like if I said, if I said to you, uh, your lungs just stopped working, but we put a tube down your throat and you were breathing again, you're not fixed. We've patched, we've patched the problem. We've patched the issue. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We've given you enough of a crutch that you can go on, but let's not ignore the fact that there's a tube down your throat breathing for you, et cetera. Like, like, Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, I guess that is the harshness of it. I mean, for you, as someone with type one, like we've done three of these episodes now, like what's the overall feeling you get when you hear this stuff? Is it sadness, anger? Like where does it strike you? I think that I am most, I'm most sad, I guess, because there is such a lack of understanding. And that because diabetes, whether it's type 1 or type 2, it's very invisible, Mm -hmm. right? It's invisible outside of the products and the technology and everything else that we wear on our bodies. Um, So it could look to the outsider who has no understanding of life with diabetes. It could look to them as if you just have to do X, Y, and Z. Or you just have to take this technology and put it on and use it. And then it's going to be all all better for you, right? Like there's a magic band-aid for it. So it's sad to me that in this day and age, with the amount of information that circulates on the internet, that people still have these thoughts that are so old and so lacking understanding. Is that upsetting because you have to deal with it or because you realize it's never going to end? Because it's not going to end. I don't think so either. Yeah. At all. I mean, you can have you can have famous people on the Super Bowl wearing their CGM, right? And either people weren't watching or they just think, well, great, that's new technology. And again, oh, the technology is doing it. Yeah. Right. So fabulous. Right. Well, you know? yeah. yeah. Well, if we, and, and in fairness, 
media, social media in general, seeing someone in their best moment in five years is not a good way to judge them whether they have diabetes no. or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, you see Nick Jonas and he's handsome and he's standing there going, I have type one. And you're like, well, if he's look at him. I wish I was Nick Jonas. Must be okay. <laughs> must be fine. Yeah, must be fine. I think the only it thing must that- and or it must take nothing to manage. Maybe I mean what I get from that. And I don't watch the Super Bowl. Nor did I ever. I didn't. I don't even. Jennifer, think the I've Eagles were in the Super Bowl last year, and you should have been watching. But go ahead. I yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> um, but I look at it. You know, there's this very famous person, and there are many famous people who have diabetes. But there's this famous person, and gosh, he's living a good life. He's yeah. just got this fancy technology, and he puts it on. And look at he's still enjoying. He's doing his thing. He's living life. But they don't also see they don't see the Nick Jonas at two o'clock in the morning who's got a low blood sugar. Right. Yeah. They don't. don't see it because the commercial highlights only the beautiful piece of his life. And it's funny too because I see both sides of that. Like it can make people who don't understand diabetes think exactly what you just said, but it could also take a bunch of people who have diabetes, get them to try that product. And what they would learn in my opinion is, wow, this is a lot better. Like, correct. Yeah. And so you're marketing to them trying to get, listen, I am a person who my, my life is very odd. Like I make this podcast to try to inform and help people. Right. But I can't make it unless it, pays my bills. And so like, I have to do a business thing on the other side of it. It is hard to get people to do things, even things that are really good for them. And I mean, the truth is, if you ask me if, if I could get a, a, uh, I don't know, a a 30 second commercial of Nick Jonas telling you to listen to the juice box podcast, if I would take it, I absolutely would. I'd be like, yeah, I (laughs) need to get people over here so they can learn how to pre-bolus and et cetera and so on. And so it's, it's a weird it's a weird split because I, I take both sides of that point like very well. Like it does leave people who don't understand with the feeling like, oh, it must not be that bad. And then it leads to people saying things like we've been going over for like Correct. 45 Well, and I think yeah. there is, you know, many of them, and there's so many of them now on television. I mean, we don't really even watch television, but when I do catch it, there's so much pharmacy-based commercial. Yeah on television these days that I can definitely say from seeing other medications advertised, I don't, because it's not affecting me and my life, I don't even pay attention to what they're talking about. Right. I do a channel surf or I go up, get up and go to the bathroom or something. I don't pay attention. So I, I see what you're saying in terms of marketing when something like the commercial for Dexcom comes out, they are marketing to a hopeful group of people that will will think that they need the product. Yes. This isn't meant for the general public to see and be like, well, gosh, I should probably use one of those Dexcom things, right? I'll, I mean, they probably walked away and went and got more chips and salsa. I will make your point for you. I'm using WeGovi for weight loss right now. WeGovi yes. is just Ozempic, okay? Yes. Rebranded for weight loss. I could sing the Ozempic song for two years, and I didn't really know what it was or care. But I was like, oh, oh, oh Ozempic. I know this one. And like, you know. <laughs> <And> so, like, <laughs> like, 
I don't even know that. That's but I kind never, of scary, Scott. I never looked up and thought, I wonder what Ozempic is. And then people listening might be like, that's crazy, Scott. You have a diabetes podcast. But until I started seeing people talk about it in the space, I was like, oh, that's for diabetes? I didn't know that. Yes. And that's just true. Like, that's 100% true. I did not know what that was, and I could sing the song about it. So, you know, when a famous person stands up and goes, diabetes is hard, but, and then the rest of it is a sales pitch, you forget the diabetes is hard part. So you're an outsider. You're not going to leave that going, diabetes is hard. You're going to leave that going, apparently, diabetes isn't that bad because that kid's handsome. So. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all he's got, right? Have you seen his abs? Diabetes must Every, be amazing right. for you. I mean, everybody knows him. Yeah. So, gosh, we're gonna remake this myths thing in five years, and somebody's gonna be like, "I think diabetes gives you abs." <laughs> <laughs> That's all they're gonna take out yeah, of the episode, that, right? That'll be their takeaway from seeing Nick Jonas on TV. They'll be like, "I think diabetes gives you abs," and then one day somebody <laughs> will say it anyway. All right, Jenny. I appreciate you fighting through not feeling well and doing this. Yes. Can I also say something? Do you have time for two seconds? Are we recording it? Yes. Okay, then yeah. Come on. Can you imagine if I was like, not if we're not recording it? (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. We're recording this. (laughs) It's just a simple thank you, honestly, to all of your listeners because of the really just wonderful, wonderful number of comments that I got for um, my diabetes anniversary. Aww. I'm just really, th- that was really kind of you to post something. Um, and it was just, it was nice to hear all of the comments and and everything. It just, it kind of made my day. So I just wanted to thank everybody. Well, that's wonderful. I'm sure they, they're, they're all excited to hear that because they do love you. And I, I mean, mm-hmm. it's uh, uh, Jenny's 35th uh, anniversaries today, you know, Wish her well if you want. It didn't stop for like two days. Did you go back to it? It kept going on. I did. I I went, I mean, it was just all of the comments. So many different, I mean, different comments too about things. And um, so, yeah, it made me, um, it just makes me smile. Thank you. you. Well, you're welcome. But you know why, right? You you understand or no? I, I guess I do understand. I mean, and it makes me appreciate also and I've told you this before. It just makes me appreciate the ability to connect with a community that I didn't have when I was growing up yeah. at all. I mean, I don't post or anything. I'm kind of a lurker. <laughs> but it's it's a good connection, even with the career that I have that's specific to diabetes. It's a really good personal connection to a community that means a lot to me. So, Well, I think that... I think that one of the things that probably overwhelms people, I mean, you were celebrating your 35th year having diabetes and you and I are sitting on a Friday afternoon doing this and you're sick and I don't pay you for this and you really do want to help people. And I do listen, I don't keep, there's not much on my desk, but I want you to watch me. I'm just going to reach forward. All right. This is a thank you note you wrote me years ago. About the pod- oh. about the podcast, it's a Christmas note and just the you telling me what what you were what you thought of what I was doing and how it was helping people and I just I just keep oh. it it's in front of me when I make the podcast like I see it oh. I see it all the time because Yay. yeah no because it would be easy to leave the space like you don't you don't need this. Like, like, I mean, f- professionally, take that out for a second. You know how to take care of yourself. And yeah, and you sure. and, and I know that the support is a big deal and the community is a big deal. 
but there's a lot of work and effort that goes into helping people. And, you know, I mean, we talked about a little earlier in this episode, right? Like, it's not that easy to help people. Like, you can have all the great information you want, the barriers to it getting to them, to them finding you, to you saying it in a way that they understand, that they can actually put in a process. And it's not easy. It's really difficult. And so when you get a note from someone on your birthday or your diversary or something like that, where they're telling you, you saved my kid's life. Like, like that's no small thing. Like, no. Yeah. Just to get to them. And then for them to actually take all this and put it into practice. And then. It's huge. It's just, it's just, it's almost unlikely, you know? And, and that's right. why it's such a big deal. I, I had a conversation. I have a lot of conversations about this podcast privately where I'm just trying to keep it going in the right direction and doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And so I asked, I asked trusted people last night about just you and I and like how we get along together. And even that's completely just, uh, it's random, Jenny. You know what I mean? Like it's completely random. Like, you know, I I think that you and I equally bring something to these conversations that the other doesn't have. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And, and not just that, but like the simple things, like we, we can, we can have a conversation and not talk over each other. True. There are people yes. I talk to. I can't find a, I can't find a rhythm with them. Like I oh. try and I try and I'm like, I just can't find it. Like they can't find me. I can't find them. It just never works. It's always frustrating. And, yeah. um, and I mean, just think like, what, what did we say in that post about your diversity? The first time you were on the podcast was in 2015. 15, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's eight years it was ago. A, it was a, I know it was a long time ago. Yeah. I know, re- like, really, I, I looked at the date and I was like, really, 2015? We're in 2023. <laughs> I, yes, I, I know. It was a long time ago. Yeah. So it's well-deserved for you, obviously. And um, I was happy to wish it to you in public in a place where everybody oh. could tell you. You've, you've Listen, everyone who has diabetes deserves to be celebrated like that. I mean, seriously. I, I really do I agree. That. Yeah. But, I mean, it just... It just makes a lot of sense to to shout you out. That's for sure. I mean, thirty five years, you. Jennifer. That's pretty awesome, don't you think? It is pretty awesome. I know. I still have. Um, I think in my twenty five, I did the Joslyn, where the they send you like the medal, you know. Mm-hmm. And I still have it and the little letter that they send and everything. But I looked at it the other day and I was like, kind of like ten years beyond that already, and then it made me feel kind of old. I was like, oh my god, it was like ten years ago already. Yeah, it's not easy. It is. It's not. It is not easy at all. I just. Um. I got on the scale this morning to see how much weight I've lost. I am now down. Do you want to guess? Um. I have to remember the last time you told me. Mm-hmm. Um. Fifteen. I'm up to eighteen pounds now. Wow. Right. And I could not find any record of me being this low, as like in the last five or so years. Because I. I would like. Like you've heard me talk before. Like I did a baked potato yes. diet one time. Does anybody know I did a baked potato fast one time? It really worked. Uh, the the tall magician, whichever one it is, Penn or Teller, is the tall one Penn? It is. I don't even know. I, I know so. the names, but I, I couldn't tell them apart. I one day was listening to him on a podcast. He's like, I lost 100 pounds eating baked potatoes. I was like, get out of here. I'll try that. And so I did it for as long as I could like muster. And I did lose weight. Like it was 
astonishing. Like it was just a, I'm curious about this now, just a potato. You couldn't put anything on it. It was just bake the potato and that's it. Yeah. Baked potato. And then I think you cooled it and then you rewarmed it. Heated it. And like, if you were to put salt and pepper on it, you were like cheating if I remember. <laughs> so, um, and I'll tell you what, it works. It fills you up. You can't eat anymore because it's the baked potato and it's not right. particularly tasty. So it's not like you're like, oh, you know what I want? More baked potato. Want another baked potato. <laughs> Give me more baked potato. But that made me realize that like how many how many years have gone by, even since I've done that. And right. It, it's really. Well, I remember the cabbage soup diet. My mom did the cabbage soup diet like eons ago. And I mean, there are lovely things in the cabbage soup recipe. But that's that's like all you ate was the cabbage soup. <laughs> Did it work? Do you remember it working? I do remember my mom. I do remember. And she stuck with it for a fair amount of time. But she clearly didn't long term. I mean, that's one of those things that when you find something that works, great. But can you really... Can you really do this for the next 60 years? Yeah. Handful of grass, water, and a little salt. No, thank you. That's not gonna that's not gonna do it. Anyway, uh screw all that. GL, but that's awesome. Yeah, GLPUs works. But my point was is that time has gone by like so quickly and without you noticing. And I, I have to be honest, like when I saw that, what because I had to go do it. I'm like, oh, let me go find out the first time Jenny was on the podcast. Cause I want to say, like, when when we first met, I was like, wow, that's insane. Y- you know. So, but yeah. It was a long time ago. Well, and I look at all the episodes, the things that we've done, but the wealth of what you've provided for the community is is not necessarily the education episodes. It's, I think, bringing a community of people together to, let's say they they find the episode by doing a search for mental health. And your episode comes up because it includes some of the ones with Erica, right? Mm-hmm. And that that's an in for somebody. They listen and it makes sense. And there's a hint of diabetes in it. But the other piece is that it helps them on an, on another level yeah. because we don't just live with diabetes. We live with all these other things in our life, right? And so then they look for more mm-hmm. and they say, well, gosh, there's also these education pieces and maybe I could listen to these. I like this guy. I like how he talks. Like maybe I, maybe I can get around doing something extra for myself and my diabetes. So I think it's it's a welcoming place and it's a place where you can say, I'm going to pick and choose. And yeah, that was interesting. I'm going to learn more. I'm going to go to this episode because it's got a touch of this as well. Um, And I think that that's why it makes sense to so many people. I I agree. I agree that especially that's very nice of you. Thank you. But I agree very much that you can't just say to somebody, listen to these 10, it'll be okay. Like people's minds just don't work that way. So you, you have to build this world that they come into and then get lost in and then learn things mostly by mistake. You know, I said to somebody the other day and I don't mind repeating it over and over again. Part of me thinks my job is to almost trick you into taking care of yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's a good way to, it's yeah, a good way like, to say it. Bring yeah. you, bring you in and like hear some crazy conversation and, and you leave it with a little more knowledge about yourself than you had. That's what I meant. And yeah, yeah. It just really works. Like there's, there are episodes of this podcast. You can listen to an episode of this podcast where a young girl was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes on a heroin bender, and you will learn something about your diabetes in that episode. She jumped out of her grandfather's window to score, and while she was out, oh, passed yeah. out from DKA. 
And it's wow. One of the it's one of my most favorite conversations I've ever had. I've like, not listened to that one. Yeah. Oh, it's I'll amazing. I just I just did a search, Jenny. Your name, the word Jenny, appears in thirty episode titles, and that is not all the episodes you're in. So you you've just done quite hey. a quite a lovely thing for all these people. So thank you for it. and for me. By the way, I should say oh. that my understanding of diabetes is deeper and richer because of you and my understanding of how to talk to people about it um, is just, I mean, you brought a lot to my life. So thank you very much. Well, thank you. Yeah. No, that was very nice. Thank you. No, try to try to do it for 35 more years. I got bills to pay. Okay. I mean, we yes. want to, I mean, we want to help people. <laughs> we want to help people. Yes. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Hopefully people can hear the sarcasm. Happy 35th anniversary, Jenny. Jenny works at integrateddiabetes.com. You can hire her there. And thank you so much to Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 and Dexcom G7 continuous glucose monitoring systems. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Looking for diabetes community? Juicebox podcast type one diabetes on Facebook is a great place to find it. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with someone else who you think might also enjoy it. And leave a beautiful rating and review somewhere. Or, I don't know, just like yell out the window. I love the Juicebox podcast. But at the very least, subscribe or follow in your podcast or audio app. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox podcast.